0: This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Craig Kopp, reporting that Florida's governor is tangling with another high-tech company.
1: Governor DeSantis was completely right in calling out that nonsense, possibly illegal behavior.
0: That's Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody talking about Ron DeSantis threatening a lawsuit against GoFundMe over its handling of the Freedom Convoy fundraiser. More on that in a moment. Who's getting what in proposed budgets that dropped in the House and Senate at the end of last week? I think I've met with everybody here on what their priorities are, and we have tried uh, to give everybody something uh, in this budget. And a bill moving through House and Senate committees offers a unique approach to a horrible problem, the suicide rate among Florida veterans. What
2: I've learned is that there needs to be a lot more training in helping, helping those people identify These emotional and other symptoms or issues or indicators to to help them realize, well, this person has some serious mental health problems, too.
0: We go in-depth on the idea of training veteran service officers to look for veteran mental health issues with State Representative Ben Diamond. But first... On Saturday, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis blasted GoFundMe for freezing donations to the Freedom Convoy that's been protesting COVID-19 vaccine requirements in Canada's capital city of Ottawa for the past week. The governor tweeted, It is a fraud for GoFundMe to commandeer $9 million in donations sent to support truckers and give it to causes of their own choosing. I will work with Attorney General Ashley Moody to investigate these deceptive practices. These donors should be given a refund. And they are. The company had only announced it was freezing donations after being asked by a Canadian parliamentary committee to ensure funds would not be used to, quote, promote extremism, white supremacy, anti-Semitism, and other forms of hate, which have been expressed among prominent organizers for the truck convoy currently in Ottawa, unquote. GoFundMe's rules show it could redistribute the contributions it chose to refund them. But the company refunding the money didn't keep Florida's attorney general from showing up on Fox and Friends Sunday morning to bash GoFundMe's stalling of the truckers.
1: Think about what occurred here. You had a business that essentially makes money off people, the goodness of their hearts, wanting to contribute to a cause that's important to them. You have a big business that encourages that. They take a percentage, not only a percentage of the donation, but money per donation. So they make money. When they when folks raise money through their platform and then without any notice to anyone and no donor knows this before they make a contribution, they're going to make some political judgment that they think this isn't a a worthy cause anymore and just shut down after raising millions of dollars. Folks wanted to help in this protest against heavy handed cram downs by government. As people have always done historically when government seeks to overreach and take away freedoms of its people, people push back peacefully. And you have a business here who makes money off people wanted, wanting to donate to that and then just shutting it down. You know, and, you know, Governor DeSantis was completely right in calling out that nonsense, possibly illegal behavior.
0: The Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau, last week said this trucker protest was anything but peaceful. Freedom of expression.
2: Assembly and association are cornerstones of democracy, but Nazi symbolism, racist imagery and desecration of war memorials are not. It is an insult to memory
1: and truth.
0: Conservatives, though, clearly feel that if the Black Lives Matter movement could raise money on GoFundMe and not all who joined in their protests have been peaceful, then yanking the fundraiser for the Freedom Convoy is discriminatory moody seems to agree
1: well think about this not only did they support that campaign when chop when they took over a whole area and people were getting hurt assaulted there was even a death they even sent out a separate tweet themselves to encourage more folks to donate to that cause and that's what i'm saying how in the world can you now come in and make a political judgment impose your political will when folks are trying to support those standing up for their freedom for their rights? And that's why Governor DeSantis is so effective and timely in saying, look, uh, we're we're not going to put up with this hypocritical nonsense by big business. And what he does effectively is call that out. And, you know, I've stood with him since day one in making sure we're protecting Floridians, that they still have their individual liberties and freedoms while we're doing everything we can to protect the health and safety and welfare of Floridians. But that's why people are taking refuge in Florida. Yeah, they're coming from all places, New York, California, you name it, because they know we will always be a beacon of freedom and we will work hard to protect their rights.
0: The Florida Senate dropped its spending plan for the next fiscal year on Friday, an eye-catching $108.6 billion. The Florida House followed with a $105.3 billion spending plan. Health care eats up a lot of the budgets, but last week, chair of the Senate health care budget, Aaron Bean, said nobody's getting everything they want. If there's something that you really wanted in this budget that's not there, you're
1: going to be concerned. But I can uh, I assure you we've met with almost every I think I've met with everybody here on what their priorities are. And we have tried to. Uh, to give everybody
0: something uh, in this budget, raises to a minimum fifteen dollars for nursing home and direct care health workers makes the cut. Fifteen dollar wage minimums for school employees is also part of the House budget. Speaker Chris sprawl says it's time.
2: The reality is we have not kept up with inflation for for our state workers. So we're looking at what's that percentage? I think it's somewhere between you know twelve and fourteen percent. And how much of that inflation gap you know can we make up in this fiscal year to help to help them do their job?
0: The budgets will now be heard in full Appropriations Committees. Moving through both the House and Senate are bills aimed at trying to reduce the number of suicides among veterans in Florida. They would give a half-million dollars to the Veterans Department to train the department's veteran service officers in suicide prevention. In the Senate, Republican Danny Burgess is the sponsor, and the House its Democrat Ben Diamond, who met with vets in Pinellas County Friday and talked with Sunrise soon after.
2: a very good meeting um i had a very good meeting with some uh veterans in pinellas park at one of our american legion posts uh just to hear the stories and try to raise awareness about the issues we're having with um mental health challenges and um particularly the challenges we're having um help veterans um who are facing uh, real emergency crises in their lives um you know, Florida is home to a million and a half, uh, veterans. We have the third highest veteran population in the United States. And, um, and we are working to try to, um, try to make progress on this very serious and very, very tragic, uh, situation involving, uh, veteran suicide. And, um, Sarah Burgess and I have a bill in the legislature to do that, and um, but I wanted to sit down with some folks in our district to hear, um, you know, to hear more from our veterans about some of the challenges that they've faced and that uh, many of their friends have faced.
0: Is there anything that you heard that struck you as wow, I didn't know that, or wow, that's really bad, or man, I got to help? but Was there anything that just stood out to you?
2: Well, I mean, I think that there are, I mean, we know from, you know, I mean, we, it, it's, it's one thing to look at the statistics and the data and the, and the research, and it's another thing to hear people's stories, right, Craig? And, um, you know, there, there are real challenges for our veterans, particularly those who have um, been wounded and those who have had difficulties transitioning back into civilian life. And, um, and, and, you know, when you, when you hear those stories and then you look at what, you know, that sort of the services that we're providing to help our veterans and how those can be improved, you realize that there's just still a lot of work we need to do if we're going to make progress on this issue of veteran suicide. You know, we have veterans that have been exposed to, um, to violence to their they have long-term physical and mental health issues they're having these difficult transitions uh either back to civilian life or or um or, or, or just generally in terms of navigating the bureaucracy of the um va and um and it just gets overwhelming and um and so what we're trying to do is we've got um on the state level we've got veteran claims examiners that are on the front lines, working with our vets um, as they're navigating issues with benefits, which are very complex. And then on the local level, we have our county, um, our county BSOS um, that are, you know, doing the same similar work. And they're both, you know, both of these folks are, are, are trained in how to navigate the bureaucracy what I've learned is that there needs to be a lot more training and helping helping those people identify these emotional and other symptoms or issues or indicators to to help them realize well, this person has some serious mental health problems too and and provide um, the training so that they can see those indicators and get them referred. Um, for help. Yeah, I got to
0: tell you, I think the, the the bill that you and Danny Burgess are putting forward, that's a pretty clever thing. A, a vet's going to be uh, working with these, you know, uh, people who help them with their benefits and the programs and all that sort of thing. That's where they really have contact. If you train them to see potential problems you could really make a change. I think it's a very clever bill. I don't know whose idea it was.
2: Yeah, uh, unfortunately, you know, to date no no state has, has really successfully, uh, systematically reduced its veteran suicide rate in a meaningful way. And I think if we can um, incorporate the best training we can in suicide prevention with all of the people that we have employed Um, on the local and state level in Florida that are working with veterans on other issues, I think it will make a real difference. And we've got to change the narrative of mental health in this country, um, but especially when it comes to uh preventing suicide amongst our service members and our veterans
0: are all the uh uh, service officers are they willing to to get involved in this and 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 put that it puts a little extra burden on them i guess uh to say you know uh, we're going to train you on how to spot potential problems that could possibly keep somebody from taking their own life i mean that's putting something in somebody's hands that's pretty significant
2: well, the, the agency, I mean, the State Department of Veterans Affairs is very excited about this. You know, I mean, we've got, um, you know, I mean, the governor has issued a challenge to try that we that we need to make progress in this area. But there hasn't yet been the policy, in my opinion, the policy ideas is to, to think about how we're going to make progress. And um I think anybody who's out there on the front lines working with veterans, they're doing it because they care about their vet, our vets. They want to see our vets um, get the benefits that, that they're entitled to. I mean, I've spent a lot of time talking with the people, for instance, at the St. Pete Vet Center, and the work they do is incredible. But there is a, again, you know, it's there's a, a confluence of problems often that, that our veterans are facing, you know, it's not just how do I get my benefits. It's not just that I've got um, issues with regard to housing or employment. Um, um, it's there's often underlying uh, mental health issues that are holding these folks back in all areas. And I think the more attention we can draw to this, the more training we can provide. Um, The better the curriculum uh, for the folks that we have in local and state government that are working with our veterans, the better um, service we're going to have for our veterans, the more problems and tragedies we're going to be able to avoid.
0: The bills are moving along. As far as I can tell, I guess you must be optimistic that uh, this is going to happen this session.
2: Uh, We're very optimistic. I'm working the bill very hard. I know Senator Burgess is as well. Um, I'm appreciative of the support we've built so far at the Florida House. The bill will be heard uh, Monday afternoon in the House uh, Subcommittee on Veterans Affairs and um, optimistic that we can make some progress this session.
0: It's really a stunning statistic. Every time I see it, I go, "Wow, that just blows my mind." Five hundred vets a year in the state of Florida, six thousand across the country uh, take their own lives. Uh, that, what better motivation do you need than that? Yeah,
2: and you know, each of these each of these situations is an obviously an individual tragedy, and it impacts not just the immediate family members, but all those people um, whose lives are touched and intertwined um, with our veterans. And, um, and, and you know, there's obviously a, a much higher suicide rate amongst our veterans than our um, other citizens, and that plays out in the Florida statistics, that plays out nationally. And so if we're going to work on these suicide prevention issues, I think, You know, starting with our veteran population makes a lot of sense, and um, hopefully we can make some real progress.
0: Well, Representative Ben Diamond, we appreciate your time. Thanks for uh, checking in with us.
2: Thanks, Greg.
0: Here's some of what's happening in Florida politics today. House Minority Leader Evan Jenny and other lawmakers will hold a media availability this morning at 10. The House Healthcare Appropriations Subcommittee will consider a bill that would make a series of changes in the state's Medicaid-managed care program. The changes would include consolidating 11 regions into 8. The House Public Integrity and Elections Committee will take up a proposed constitutional amendment that seeks to allow the recall of county commissioners and county officers. The House Local Administration and Veterans Affairs Subcommittee will take up linked proposals that would provide increased homestead property tax exemptions to classroom teachers, law enforcement officers, correctional officers, firefighters, child welfare services professionals, and people in the U.S. Armed Forces or the Florida National Guard. The Senate Commerce and Tourism Committee will take up a bill that would make changes in a law dealing with the resale of tickets. The Senate Environment and Natural Resources Committee will consider a proposal that would allow local governments to restrict smoking on beaches and in public parks. The Senate Judiciary Committee will consider a proposal that would increase criminal penalties for evidence tampering in capital cases or cases involving deaths. The House Civil Justice and Property Rights Subcommittee will consider a proposal that would repeal the state's no-fault auto insurance system and the requirement that motorists carry personal injury protection or PIP coverage. The House Infrastructure and Tourism Appropriations Subcommittee will take up a bill that would take initial steps toward establishing a port along the St. Johns River in Putnam County. The House Insurance and Banking Subcommittee will consider a proposal that would allow correctional officers to qualify for post-traumatic stress disorder benefits in the workers' compensation insurance system. The House Secondary Education and Career Development Subcommittee will take up a bill that would require high school students to earn a half credit in financial literacy and money management to get diplomas. The Senate Special Order Calendar Group will set a special order calendar that will list bills to be heard on the Senate floor. Also today, Florida Democratic Party leaders and the Florida Alliance will hold a news conference to talk about the launch of a big voter registration effort. The news conference is expected to include State Party Chairman Manny Diaz, Senate Minority Leader Lauren Book, Incoming House Minority Leader Ramon Alexander and Miami-Dade County Mayor Daniela Levine-Cava. A number of groups will hold a rally at the state capitol to oppose House Bill 7 that deals with issues like race-related instruction. The bill is seen as part of Governor Ron DeSantis' push to prevent the teaching of critical race theory. And Florida Democratic U.S. House members Darren Soto and Federico Wilson are expected to take part in a committee on House Administration discussion at Miami-Dade College about election misinformation campaigns in Spanish-speaking communities. And finally, today is National Black HIV-AIDS Awareness Day, and that is bringing NBA legend Magic Johnson to Jacksonville. Johnson will visit the Jacksonville River City Downtown Hotel to participate in a panel and talk about the disease. One of the all-time NBA greats, Johnson shocked not just the sports world, but the whole world when he announced in 1991 that he had tested positive for HIV. Remember, this was early on in the AIDS crisis, and for a lot of people, testing positive was considered a death sentence. But not for nothing, the man named Magic got treatment and returned to the NBA. Not without controversy, though, because there were players who were afraid to take the court with Magic, who has now become a strong advocate for safe sex and getting the facts on HIV transmission. That's it for today's edition of Sunrise. I'm Craig Kopp. Join us again tomorrow as we do another daily dive into Florida politics.